where their asylum case is being considered. We have asked Bino about the power of radio, about how the protest, about how their protest in Berlin started and his experience of resistance. This interview was made and recorded by reporters from the Bridge Radio during the International Conference of Migrants and Refugees in Hamburg 2016. I think everyone should be proud of bringing his or her voice out to, yeah, to make ourselves uh, visible in a different way, not only by occupying public spaces and say it's okay, no, also to see, to lay down more strategies because like uh, from my experiences during the protest, since we began the protest, uh, the main media, the German media, they have been turning upside down our struggle, not giving the people the real info, you know? So for me, that's what encouraged me and said, no, we have to set up our own network. It is to strengthen our coordination. We have to coordinate each other more because without uh, good coordination, without proper coordination, we can't go up. Remember that uh, there are some people we could not reach, you know, like mostly the refugees are living in distant areas. I don't know what is in the case of Denmark. Yeah, it's the same, yeah. You know, yeah. but from my experience here in German, refugees we are forced 
to live in these isolation places. The radio is one of the network which can access our coordination, which can bring us close to the people in solidarity with us, like you, you know. And also to elaborate more what you want, what are your goals, why are you fighting, you know. With this uh, super media, you can't explain, uh, you can't narrate well your story, and your story always will be deprecated, you know, misinterpreted. But if you are the person who are in charge of everything, you are in charge of your voices, so then you are sure you build that trust. So I think that's uh, very important that we work on that seriously because you can't separate our voices and the refugees' voices from the supporter voices. We are the same. We have to find a, a way to make them stronger. It would also be nice if you could, um, because we have this group, like uh, we told about, who are starting a protest up in Copenhagen, uh, like a self-organized protest, but it, we thought it would be nice that they get some experience from other groups who have been working in longer time. Yeah. So maybe if you could introduce the or just explain like how it started the the protest that you have been a part of. Uh, really, actually, our protest is a very big story. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't just uh, start came out from somewhere, but it came out from we, the refugees here in German, who are facing these op oppressions. As I said, mainly in the isolation. I was part of those people who were suffering in these so-called refugee camps, lagers, you know, for two years. Being polite, respecting the German so-called democracy, because that's what the German officials, uh, politicians were telling us. But after two years, most especially in 2012, I found out that uh, I'm just killing myself, you know. When there was a, a big uh, voices from other refugees saying, no, this is enough, we must do something by ourselves, I didn't wait another call. I said, hey, okay, yeah. Let us start. So I started from where I was in Mailanga by organizing my fellow refugees to start a protest. And in that way, we came out with a concrete idea that we leave the lager and start the protest tent in the close uh, uh, public space, Passau Cluster Garden. It was a, a, a free space close to Passau University and we decided to occupy it. You know? And that was our beginning of this fight. After that, still, uh, we came out with the idea that we should break this uh, law which is restricting our freedom of movement. In, in German, it's called resident fricht. You know? First, we uh, broke uh, Lagerfricht, the law which restricts uh, that the refugees must live in the camps, refugee camps. In that way, we 
say we live now in the tents because we want to be visible. So again, from there, we organized a protest march from uh, south of Germany, and we say we want to go to the German capital city, Berlin, you know, through a protest march. That's what you heard, that the refugees in Germany, they are protesting, they are marching, and yeah, it was not just for funds, it was just for the struggle for our rights, fundamental basic rights for the basic, for the human being. That's what we, our goal with the, of this protest. And uh, our plan to come to Berlin, it is because it was a target, because uh, Berlin is the center of everything. All political institutions are located in where? In Berlin. Consulant, <laughs> the chancellor's uh, parish is in Berlin. The parliament is in Berlin. Embassies where the German government is corrupting our officials from our countries to uh, so that they organize traveling documents so that we are deported. So they are all in Berlin. So that's why we say we go to Berlin, to go to Berlin and set up a big protest tent there. And uh, our aim also was to, do, uh, to stop deportation. Because what the German government is doing, that uh, they were not, they completely ignored our cases. No matter whatever case or story you give, at the end, you get a rejection. A rejection which means you get prepared. Get prepared, you are about to leave. They used it to give us a paper called Duldum. Uh, in English, it means tolerated. You are tolerated. Because we don't have enhanced your passport. But if we find your actual identity, identity, you are going. And that's why in this process, they try a lot to put pressure on refugees to go to their respective embassies so that they are identified because already they embassy officials are corrupted. So they put pressure on us to go there so that the embassy people, they identify us according the way we look. Ah, he's having big eyes, okay, he's from Uganda. <laughs> so, yeah, deport. They sign and, you know. So all that, uh, that was our major fight and to say no. Germany, you are among the European countries who declared yourself in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights that you respect all human beings. So what about we, refugees? Are we not human beings? And even the German constitution, it is there that all human beings are equal. In the past paragraph uh, in their constitution, it is there. That's why you hear or you heard that we, mainly we say that Germany is a racist country. And of course, indeed it is. Yeah? <laughs> oh, Europeans are 
no? But mainly the German is also having a unique racism. Because of this resident freaked, lager freaked, deportation, these are all racist policies to exclude people, to isolate people, to, uh, to make a people sick. And to, yeah, to, to indirectly to show people that you are not welcome here. So for me, that's uh, what the struggle all about, or what was all about. Uh, within this also, we came out with the idea that we should uh, mobilize, we should do, emphasize more on the mobilization of other refugees to join the fight, you know. So that's why we staged the camp in Berlin at Olanian Platz until it was evicted in 2014, you know. Also to strengthen our solidarity with the people who were uh, in favor of our uh, protest or our demands or our struggle. Yeah, we acknowledge that, um, that uh, they made us more strong, more stronger, you know. From the point we started to block this lager freight to go out from the lager, we got a very strong support from the German people. On the other side, you saw that those who are really conservative and they think we have to protect our culture of conservativeness, <laughs> you saw they came also on the street to protest against us, like the Pegida, the Jida. You had a drama in German, you know, raising against us, you know. And of course, the mainstream politicians, because uh, what they did is to ignore us completely, apart from repressing us and with through their um, uh, armed agencies like police and so on, you know. But we show them that no, do whatever you do, but we are ready to resist whatever you're gonna do or whatever you are doing. Because we, if we are running away from all these uh, repressions, so why do we keep silent if we are still in the same situation, you know? So that's why we managed until today to be strong in the public and everywhere and you hear even more people becoming strong, you saw it from the conference, you know. So that's the power I would love to share with my fellow refugees in Copenhagen, uh, Denmark, to take the power themselves. And the people like you, the uh, friends of ours, you know, who are activists too, to take the power and say, no, Denmark, this is not right, you know? We are all the same. Why do you treat these people like animals? You know? Because of their color? Because of their land, where they are coming from, or what? 
No, we are here with them. If you want to deport them, deport us all. We are one. I think that is the only weapon we can use to put down, to deconstruct this, this system which is making everyone suffer. Not on, on uh, killing, uh, isolating, but also killing us, you know, and also making us uh, fight each other. Based on this experience, what would be your advice to people who start up a new struggle, like the people who start up a struggle in Copenhagen these times? They should start themselves. They should, because they have witnessed a lot of things. I don't know. What are they waiting? <laughs> Maybe they're okay. But if they feel that really the system is not favoring them, so then why are they sitting? It is simple just to wake up one morning and say, no, today I'm not going to stay in this place. I want to go to the open space and talk to people like you. Hey, hello, where can we get a tent? Where is this office? Uh, where can we register our demonstration? You know, simple. That's what we did in Passau, in my lager. I told the chief, you know, from today I'm not going to take a sun packet, these food packages. No, I want to buy my own food. I want my right to work so that I can find the food I want to eat. Not you to go and buy for me and you are giving me the papers to mark the food which is even in Dutch and which Dutch even you don't want me to learn. So what is that? It's a, a total killing of my life. You know? So that's what I told her. She was a, 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 a lady, the chief. I will never take again the food. And it was. You know? And I told my friends, Hey, let us stop. Let us boycott this stuff. These people will change it. Let us leave this camp. These people will give us apartments. You know? And now today I'm living in my own apartment. It is the power came from me. And also some of uh, my friends. And when you didn't have a chance to interview them, I don't know if you interviewed them but they would have told you their experience, you know. Most of us who resisted this system, there's a difference than before when we were, oh, Germany, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, don't go here, yes, eat this, yes. No, today is not. I'm ordering what I want to eat. I'm sleeping where I want to sleep. I'm going where I want to go. You know? But that power then didn't come out from, it didn't come from the sky. It came from me. You know? So the refugees outside there, just stand up. Don't wait other refugees because among refugees there is that problem, there is that disease of fear. 
You will tell them, hello, let us demonstrate. Let us do this. They'll say, no, no, man, this is German, you know, this is Europe, this is Denmark. Don't listen to those negative uh, ideas if you really feel that you are fed up with the system. Just stand up and do something. In my camp, we were over 50, but we stood up only five people. And we did the change there. During the protest, even only one week, they started to paint to <laughs> the lager to make it new because the, uh, the media started to go there to see where these refugees, where they have been. Changes started, started to come. You know? In, uh, we started the protest in German, this radical one, we call it. <laughs> And this powerful resistance in 2012, around March, you know. But in 2013, around the July, things started to change. It was the first time the Germany court, the high Supreme Court, to say, no, we must change these laws, the way refugees, they are living, the way refugees are eating, it's not worth it of a human being. By then we are getting only 40 euro. But in 2013, the higher court said, you must change it immediately. And from July, they changed the money they were giving to refugees from 40 to some areas like um, the conservative area, Bavaria, they raised it over uh, 130 plus some cents. In Berlin here, they gave 300, you know. In other areas, the same, you know. So instead of giving these uh, food packages, they started to give some papers. Uh, also, we, we didn't like it, but uh, it was a small change. Instead of bringing this stupid food to you, now you take this paper to the supermarket. <laughs> and the change. Still, they never wanted us to get the, paper, the money in the cash, but you can still take the paper. There was really a change. You know? Some areas, they started to say, okay, for us, no freedom of movement in our land crisis, in our province, like uh, uh, areas of uh, Essen, areas of Berlin also, they were talking about that, but then Württemberg, you know, these areas, they started to say it clear that no, this restriction. Until, I think, 2014, also in the parliament, uh, they decided that they abolished this. Only again they came out, <laughs> they re uh, radicalized it due to the new refugees who came in. So I don't know now who is to trust. They say here that we are liars, but who is a liar? You know, German said we abolish this freedom of uh, restriction on freedom of movement. But when the new refugees, mainly the Syrians, who came in the last year, 2015, 
So again, they came out with the new laws to tighten more. But anyway, nevertheless, we have to resist all forms of oppression by standing ourselves. Yeah, that's the only point I message advice I would like to give my fellow refugees in Copenhagen, Denmark, and outside Denmark, Sweden, even those now in Africa, they should protest against and also address the core problems why they are leaving the country and who is producing that. They should tell Denmark, hey, you are among the European superpowers who are controlling our economy. That's why we are here. It's not because my family is poor, but you, you are the problem. They are killing our tourism industry. They are killing everything. I talked to someone a few minutes ago. He said that now people even they can't live in Zanzibar. You know Zanzibar, Tanzania. Because it is people are leaving this island to foreigners, to tourists, because it is foreign investors, because it is becoming more expensive. The poor Tanzanian can't have an can't spend a night there unless you're gonna sell yourself unless you're going to be sexually abused there, then there you can stay. What is that? You know? We can't compete with the foreign market. Our countries are verging in wars, but who is producing this? It's the Europeans producing these deadly weapons. Germany here, they are producing heavy guns, but where these guns are going? They're going to Africa, to Asia, you know? That's why people are coming here. So I would like my fellow refugees to focus on that, to ask Denmark, why are you, I don't know if they produce weapons. That's true, I think maybe some parts. Some parts, okay. but they export Support. even if. Yeah, and also invest. Yeah, invest, yes. Yeah. And they are collaborating with these are the superpowers, you know. They are supporting NATO. They are supporting, like a German here is supporting also USA. Is providing air base, like in Stuttgart, you know, Kaiserslautern. These air bases are military bases, and they are controlling Africa, Asia, you know. So these are the points we have, and you too, you have to address, because this your land. These are your people, you have to tell them, stop producing weapons. I don't know how many years, Denmark, you have spent without even a civil war. So then why are they engaging in this weapon production? For who, you know? Like I'm thinking either to ask about the most important strategies that you had in the struggle, or it could maybe also be about this conference about what you see, like, why it's important to mobilize in this level. Maybe it's good to have about the conference. It's to come together. Mm -hmm. the, the conference helps us to come together 
and to make go new strategies how to fight together. But uh, even if it is not uh, on such a big level, in the areas where you are, uh, in schools, I don't know if you are still students, organize a small evening, invite these people from the camps, from their places where they are living, invite your fellow students, and have open discussion there. The refugees listen to their stories, and that's enough to make you react. No? I think at the end of the day, the refugees, they will feel empowered. You know? What we have to create is space and to give each other time. And you remember these people, this is not our original land. Oh, this is, we are newcomers. <laughs> I may say, it may be, I may be contradicting with my philosophy, but <laughs> uh, to say that it's not my original land, but uh, we are newcomers, we don't know exactly how things there, and uh, where to start from, but if you, you show them the way, they will take it. Show them your strengths that you are ready to fight together with them. And I think also that's what empowered me. With the local activists from Passau, they organized the simple evenings and we were talking about these issues. And they said, yeah, for us, we are ready to support you if you come out. And that's what I did. I said, hey, then I am sleeping and the people are there ready to support my struggle, so, you know, so that's what you should do. We don't need these big conferences. Just simple evening, or prepare tea. <laughs> <laughs> then slowly, slowly, you will build trust, mm -hmm. and people, they will see, they will admire you, younger people, get, motivating them, encouraging them. They will react immediately. Okay, yeah. And also, yeah. you, you should be also more practical. Like uh, some people, they are living in different, uh, distant places. Mm -hmm. They need the tickets. They need the. Don't give them too much of the clothes. <laughs> we don't give clothes. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite uh, not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good advice. This with not thinking that everything have to start like really big. It starts from the small yeah. building block, and then you build it bigger yeah. from there. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay. So, that's the power we need. Radio 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 Radio